0: Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. Welcome to the PR podcast. This week we put on a bonus show where we talk about Rajar's latest results. For those of you that aren't aware, RAJR uh, was established, I think, about 1992, and it operates as the single audience measurement system for the radio industry in the UK. And each quarter they publish the listenership figures for UK radio. And this offers uh, a really interesting insight, actually, for PR people on how the UK public is engaging with this important channel. And on the show today, we've got Howard Koski, CEO of the Marketeers Group, to talk us through the latest RAJAR results. Before we start, uh, I'm very excited. The PR Moment Awards 2023 are now open for entries. So do check out the award site, PRMomentAwards.com. And thanks, as ever, so much to the PR Moment Podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Howard, welcome to the show.
1: Hi there, Ben. Thanks for having me.
0: So we've got uh, RAJAR's most recent results for what quarter, the third quarter, I should say, 2022. Um, just tell us, what. give us your headline perspective on on your initial thoughts from what you've seen on those results today.
1: So the great news, Ben, headlines uh, coming out of the radar results that have just been released uh, today. Very positive for radio in general. Uh, record number of listeners of adult population, 14, 49.7 million adults listen to the radio every week. That's 89% of the adult population and over 1 billion total weekly hours consumed with the average listener listening for 20.6 hours of live radio per week. Another interesting...
0: And, and, and that's that's live radio. Just that, that, not- When you're hearing that, I'm thinking, right, well, I listen to podcasts and things but that's totally separate this is those stats are just for live radio
1: this is just for live radio Why?
0: Wow. i mean that's remarkable isn't it go on yeah I, uh, it,
1: keep going. I mean it's 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 been around that number for quite some time uh the great news is it's held firm it's it's creeping up slightly, which is great. I think a lot of that is because of the technology of how people can listen, where they listen and very interestingly uh, in a post-pandemic world we live in now 63% of people are listening to the radio at home where you could argue if I'd gone back three, four years, perhaps that number would have been slightly less because people would listen on the commute or in the morning and a bit of a commute, but then if everyone was office-based or factory or, or shop-based, maybe not listening to the radio as much uh, at home. We're seeing 23% of people are listening uh, in modes of transport, be car, van, lorries, and then 14% of people are listening in the work or elsewhere, like a gym. So, you know, it's for, for me, it's interesting to see the, the total number of people listening to radio is is increasing slightly marginally um and where they're listening and i think a lot of that is choice technology uh, platform consumption so no matter who you are where you are radio the portable medium what it was always referred to is absolutely shining through in that regard
0: and just to to touch on some of those what those stats mean in reality so you're what they, they're sort of suggesting is that the, the time of day that people are listening to radio has shifted a bit. I mean, people still wake up to it and that sort of stuff. But because there's some quite interesting potential trends around working from home and, and the implications of that into when people are listening to radio and how much they're listening it to, I suppose.
1: Yes, absolutely. I, you know, it's you know, I haven't had, because literally the results have literally just come out to me in the last hour or so. I haven't a chance to sort of go and, and look at uh, many of the previous radio sets from a few years back. But as an example, smart speaker uh, as a platform in terms of share of radio listening is over 13%. So that's, that's just, now, I'd argue most people have got a smart speaker in their home. And that's just people saying, you know, Siri, PlayMe, a particular number of radio station, So I think that you've got that online listening a, as a platform. Share listening has increased year on year from 18% to 23.6%. Right. That's, so that's people listening, you know, via online. That could be you're at work, you've got a PC, laptop tab, and, and you're just streaming it and and i think the the technology piece is what's driving the trend because interestingly total total share of listening via digital radio that's as opposed to the you know the old am fm you know press a button and a manual tune is 66% It's total digital but oh. the the number of people listening on dab which is the old multi, as in the you know the digital multiplex system has dropped from 43% to 39% Now, to a backdrop of an increase in total hours consumed, what it's saying to me is that it's the adoption of the technology and the platforms and how people and where they can consume through the technology pieces that's affecting the trend. Radio is is still, radio's popularity is absolute. What it's always done very well, in, in my opinion, is ensure that it's been accessible through technologies. Yeah
0: and what about apps and websites just just while we're going to those sort of platform uh, w- w- whereas because that's how i listen to it but they're that's relatively low still in, in the when compared to some of the other channels isn't
1: it yeah and in, in, ter- in terms of as a platform in this re- these most recent radio stats um, the share of listening is 10.2 percent
0: all right okay um I, if, uh, just we should just cover this off now for anyone who's not Familiar of what Radar is and what it, how important it is for the, the the radio industry. Just, just give us a little insight into
1: that. Yeah, so Rajar is the uh, audited listenership figures. It's Radio Joint Audience Research. Um, its stakeholders are the BBC, big commercial groups, and this basically is as what has been a standardised way of reporting listenership across radio for for as long as I can remember.
0: Right, um, and what are the implications for PR people? I mean, I, I know um well i suppose the implications and opportunities for for pr people um i suppose as the uh, the growth of radio um continues to be quite strong
1: yeah i I think the 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 opportunity is there i think the the reality is the compared to when i first started this 30 years ago if i look at the number of radio stations that exist and the choice available is phenomenal um And I think that some of the trends that we're seeing, which is the opportunity for for people in the comms world, is a more highly indexed audience. Um, I won't give away my age uh, to you, Ben, but I was born in the 1960s, but the latter part. And let's just say my music choice and my kind of output might be akin to New Romantic Days and the 1980s. Well, I find it interesting that stations like Absolute 80s have got a reach of over 1.5 million. You know, Heart 8 is not too dissimilar a figure. And so what you're seeing is the, some of the bigger groups, and even like Boom Radio, um, that's now appealing to, to a more mature audience group. You've got more choice as a listener, which means the opportunity to reach an indexed audience is greater from a PR and a communications perspective, but it means a lot, an awful lot more effort. Because, yes, national stations will often have the the hero figure. You know, you look at the likes of Radio 4. I think Radio 4 in this most recent radar, ra- recent, recent radar 9.8 million um, is the total reach for for Radio 4. 5 Live is, is coming in at just under 5 million, um, which is great stats. Um, but if you're trying to mobilise a behaviour at a very local level, or a certain age demographic, or profile demographic... Then the ability to go into—I will use the phrase niche audiences, but you know, they're not. This is, these are not overly niche. This is just a, a slightly tighter audience group. Is absolutely there. So, so you've got the opportunity now to turn around and say, well, actually, from a from a targeting perspective, I'm interested in reaching the baby boomers of this world. I'm interested in Gen Z. I'm interested, and actually, there are stations out there that are appealing to individual groups, whether it be age, gender. Um, Uh, uh, ethnicity so you know you've got from a PR and a comms perspective the ability I believe to be a lot more targeted in the approach to radio than perhaps historically how people have considered it
0: and and from the PR person's perspective um they've got a channel that's potentially used to to for them to them um what what are the main opportunities within um, a, a radio station. Is that is that is that changed? Is that fairly similar? Obviously, there's the there's the news element to it. What what, what other things are out there for PR people to get involved with um, when it comes to radio?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think a key thing to consider is that if you had a a meeting or had conversations with the majority of the station directors and program controllers, they are radio stations first in a traditional sense, but increasingly multi multimedia platform. So, you know, I'm sure many people listening to this will have seen images and watched the ITV News at 10 or BBC News at 10 when it's been video clips of interviews being done on LBC. So LBC itself is a station which now has a reach of over 3 million, often because it's recording and it has a live stream of its programming output those those visual in, the, the televisual element of the radio interview if they if if that's not sort of contradicting myself is what will appear on mainstream tv news so you know if you think about how you approach a particular radio station it's understanding that radio station doesn't see itself just as a linear broadcast platform anymore a lot of them are seeing themselves as actually we are media channels we are media brands We are brands that can reach audience groups through a variety of different platforms. So the opportunity in terms of how to grow and extend the impact of of an opportunity with a a broadcast media owner is to recognise they don't just see them as audio only or live only.
0: From, From a content perspective, I suppose,
1: yeah. And, you know, what? what is it you're offering that particular radio station from a guest format? Historically, you know, the last couple of years, an awful lot of, of stations have taken remote guests. It was absolutely a trend. But obviously, BT have announced the extension of ISDN. Originally, they were going to you know, sort of get rid of ISTN into 2023. They've now extended out to 2025. So a lot of local BBC stations want ISTN quality again. Yes, they'll take remote guests because it gives them the obviously flexibility from a spokesperson's. Perspective, but the radio industry um, is growing. I think it, it's shown absolute resilience through you know a period of time where we've you know I remember when digital first came in, you know even when uh, MTV first launched. I think the first video on MTV was "Video Killed the Radio Star," and everyone was thinking, "Oh God, that's the death of radio." Then we had the boom in digital, but actually, radio is just an audio format. Um, in in its in the, in the raw sense, but actually the the media owners that operate in those channels don't see them as just radio. Don't they don't see themselves as just audio? So offering visual support, things that can go with you know to support on the, the digital content that goes with the website, because if people are listening to the radio via online, twenty three point six percent are listening to live radio online. Okay, so when they're listening and there's a website, there's a, there's a stream happening, the stream's coming via our portal, what else can you offer the portal to support the interview content? And, you know, I'm, we're not, I'm not suggesting that for every interview, everyone's going to do a tick box of, okay, what can we offer in every asset in every platform? But in terms of growing the opportunity... I'd absolutely say with, with some absolutely key media, if they index very, very highly against your audience group, spending the time to understand what, from a program perspective, those producers are going to look for to enhance the opportunity is something I would absolutely recommend. Right. Uh, but
0: there was, commercial radios had a, a good time in this, in this quarter's results, hasn't
1: it? it? It's had a phenomenal. I mean, uh, you know, all commercial radio this quarter, year on year, is up from 36.8 million to 38.2 million. Local commercial radio is up from 24.4 million to 25.8 million. Um, national commercial radio is up from 24.5 to 26.2. And I think a lot of that is down to what I said a bit earlier about choice. I think what has been int- what I've observed with interest, you know, I'm a purist to local radio, Ben. You know, I'm, I'm a hobbyist in radio. I love radio. But I take my hat off to how the likes of Global and Bauer have actually implemented a strategy. And even greatest hits, you know, the greatest hits radio networks now got 50 stations under its umbrella, you know, and it's it's doing very well. But what commercial radio has done very well is give listeners choice. So it might be, you know, Absolute Absolute Radio has now got Absolute Radio, um, Absolute uh 60s 70s 80s 90s noughties 10s then you've got absolute classic rock absolute radio country so within the absolute brand they've done you know from my perspective and, and each of those stations has got a decent reach on it what they've done is recognize there's an opportunity to provide a very highly targeted area of, of programming output to reach a particular audience group and I think what that's done, that's where I don't think the BBC... Unfortunately, whilst I, I'm a fan of the BBC in terms of some of what it offers, and it's, certainly its technological developments have been, you know, world lead, you know, leading in, in so many regards, but local BBC, which I've championed for years, unfortunately is under-invested. And I think the local BBC network, you very rarely hear of much new coming from the local BBC radio network. Um you know on average it's reaching between 10 and 15 20% of its audience in in its tsa in its total survey area and it, it's it's solid it's loyal but it's decreasing slightly obviously it's decreased year on year and maybe that's because it's not keeping up to date with the fact that the listeners want choice you know oh. is, is the it, and so i so it's not so it much that you... i don't you know is it there's no you know why is it that bbc radio Essex, which has got 160,000 reach when was the last time the program was was sort of overhauled and, and how is it trying to attract a new or younger local audience? Or is it happy with sticking with a profile audience group that's aging with the station itself, like we saw with Radio Two? Right. Um
0: well that yeah, I was gonna come up with that. But the, the local radio BBC trend is is one thing, but there's some other um uh, other trends within uh, some of the national radio stations as well, like BBC Two, isn't it? And I, and I suppose that within that question, has commercial radio had a good time to the direct detriment of the BBC, or are they not necessarily as correlated as all that?
1: I think the commercial radio industry is a business, um, and you could argue a very well-run business, um, to the point that decisions are being made geared around what the listener, what they believe, well firstly who they want as their listener and then they research very thoroughly what that listener is going to want to listen to and they create and direct their programming to, to meet that audience group and that's obviously having a very positive effect. But it's, it's investment, time, effort, money. Local, BBC, the BBC, you, we hear too often, is around almost trying to encompass having something for everyone. So you could argue, are, are we correct in measuring the impact of local radio, local BBC radio and national BBC radio based on its listenership figures? Because you could argue that, you know, even if it's reaching a certain minority group, that minority group deserves to be served because it's being funded by the licence fee. So it's, it's an interesting one. I might, you know, I, I find BBC local radio is, is the thing. If I, you know, if I were the controller of local radio now in the BBC, I would absolutely be lobbying for greater investment. Because I think, you know, what we saw through the pandemic and what we've seen through the growth of local radio commercially is there's an absolute appetite amongst people in their local area to know what's happening in their local area. You know, provenance in terms of media consumption is is certainly something we've seen an increase over the last few years. But how has that translated for the local? How have the BBC capitalised on that opportunity? What have they done different? Have you know, have they expanded out with different services within the multiplex at a local level? No. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I I see very little of the local BBC network working hard to attract new listeners. And unfortunately I think if, if that you know, if it was run as a commercial brand, you can imagine ball meetings where they'd be sitting there discussing, mm-hmm. right, we've lost you know, we've lost one and a half million listeners a week in local BBC. How do we how do we respond to that? How do we how do we get those listeners back? And that and I unfortunately I'm not certain. I don't want to put the BBC's local BBC down because you know I'm I'm a huge fan and obviously an advocate of the of the BB, But I just don't I don't I wouldn't bet on those conversations being had on what can we do to attract new listeners at a local level.
0: Interestingly, um what Lynn was talking about earlier was for for Radio Two they they have made some changes.
1: Oh yeah, and it, you know what I find fascinating. You know, Steve. You know, I grew up listening to Steve Wright, uh, Mister Angry on Radio One in the early eighties. Steve Wright still, up until very recently, was still employed by the BBC, but on Radio Two, and it was a huge for all when the BBC um, didn't renew the contracts of a number of its uh, more longer-standing presenters. But you could argue that the the people that were listening have been the same people that were listening to Steve to Steve Wright in the 80s and have sort of grown up with Steve Wright but how would how is Radio 2, however, then gonna attract the Radio 2 listener of 15 years ago, the age profile? So I think they've they've done the made changes which I think they needed to make if Radio 2 defines itself as wanting a particular age profile audience group. What radio hasn't done is kind of set out its stall for we are after this particular age profile of listener. I think the changes they've made with the presenters tells you that. I think looking at the age profile of the presenters they brought in says to you they're trying to drop the age bracket of Radio Two, which is not a bad thing. The but obviously the traditional media are in uproar when Steve Wright, you know, is asked to you know as it doesn't have his contract removed and the BBC is accused of ageism. And so, but but where does Steve Wright go within within the BBC if he stayed in the BBC? You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Steve Wright pop up at the likes of Boom Radio or others that the aligns to an audience group who's, who grew up with Steve Wright and still like listening to Steve Wright.
0: Howard Kosky, CEO of the Marketeers Group. Thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: Thanks so much indeed, Ben.
0: Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.